The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now, the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the, little, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home and found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee and the region of Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. <coughs> Excuse me. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. straight into the regular sermon. But it was a good one, let me tell you. We're going to use a map today. See the map? There's no map. But we're going to draw a map. So right here, I'm going to do my best weather person impression and show you on the map where Jesus went throughout the Gospel of Mark. And when Jesus begins his uh, teaching in the Gospel of Mark, he's baptized in the River Jordan, which wasn't too terribly far from his home. And uh, in the Gospel of Mark, we learn that uh, Jesus' home was not actually his hometown, which was Nazareth, but his home was in Capernaum. That's where he was living and residing in the days that he'd begun his ministry. Now, let's make a map. If Jerusalem's down here, kind of in the southern region of uh, the whole kingdom of Israel, and we know that uh, as the southern region and the northern region in the Old uh, Testament, if Jerusalem's down here and Judea kind of arches around it, then way up here we have the Sea of Galilee, and right up in its upper right corner, Sea of Galilee up in its upper right corner, we have uh, Capernaum. Now, Jesus was here, and all throughout Galilee, this kind of northern region right here, this little pocket 
uh, which included the Sea of Galilee, he spent the majority of the first six chapters of Mark. He went uh, and he taught first in Capernaum and then throughout the Galilean region, and then he kind of crossed the sea once and came immediately back. <laughs> We're not really sure why. Um, and then he taught uh, throughout the region, and then finally he crosses the sea a second time, and he goes to his hometown, the place where he was born and grew up, Nazareth. And there they reject him. And then after that, John the Baptist dies, the one who uh, saw him coming at the beginning of Mark, and in fact helped get Jesus' ministry off the ground. And then we see Jesus go on this really emphatic march. This, after they reject him and after John the Baptist dies, this is when he goes all the way east in his ministry. And this is where he walks on water. This is where he feeds the 5,000. This is where uh, he heals entire peoples. This is where he sends his disciples out and starts dispersing him. He's got everything on overdrive in those next few chapters. And then he gets to that point that we talked about either last week or the week before, and right there, in some little village, in some little town, he debates with the Pharisees that came from Jerusalem all the way out, which is like, I don't it's it's over 60 miles, I remember that. It's over 60 miles for these Pharisees to come out and debate with him, and they make the trek willingly. They debate with him, of all things, about purification. Why aren't you washing your hands, is the question that they ask him. And in that moment, Jesus fully realized that they don't get it. In that moment, up to that point in the Gospel of Mark, we have the biggest monologue, I'll call it, of Jesus, where he's fully saying, you guys don't understand. You're not getting it. It's not what goes out of your mouth, or not, it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of you. And he, he runs on that for a couple paragraphs. And after this, and that, that whole chunk, that whole section, that's the same in Matthew as it is in Mark. And after this chunk... After Jesus has been inside his little pocket, crossed the sea a couple times, been rejected, fed the 5,000, John the Baptist dies, uh, walks on water, heals entire villages, sends his disciples out. But then after, all of a sudden, he realized, get it, he's heads up to Tyre, up to this point that we have here today. Now what's significant about Tyre is I can't reach it on the map. <laughs> It's so far north and through so many mountains that it's ridiculous that Jesus went there in the first place. If this is the pocket where Jesus was acting in, this is Jerusalem where Jesus is expected to go to be the Messiah, to hang on the cross. Jesus heads more than the distance it is from Capernaum to Jerusalem north in the opposite direction to the region of Tyre. Now there's a city of Tyre that's a lot farther south. It's still north, but it's farther south, but that's not where he heads. He heads to the region of Tyre, which is way, way out of his way. And he does one thing there. And it's not heal the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. That's not what the text says Jesus was doing. What the text says Jesus was doing is that he went by himself into a house and tried not to be seen. Now this isn't a bold and miraculous move of Christ that we've come to expect after he feeds the 5,000, walks on water, sends the disciples out, and heals entire villages. Something happened here. Now, if you ask academic folk, when they point all the way up into the region of Tyre, uh, it's what they call the Galilean crisis. 
Now, the Galilean crisis is some words for, we don't know what Jesus was doing, but it sure seems like if we're taking him on human actions, that he was struggling with something. Either he's struggling that they don't get it, either he's struggling to figure out what his ministry is, either he's struggling as a human, just am I, how often am I supposed to remind them that they're truly not getting it, that they're truly not following God? Something, somewhere, somehow, Jesus goes north out of his way and in the longest streak of travel in any gospel, anywhere, he doesn't do ministry the whole way up. It's not like he healed everybody the whole time. It's not like he was touching people everywhere he went. He went miles over mountains north and didn't heal a soul and then locked himself in a room and tried not to be seen by anybody. And we don't talk about it because it's Jesus. And we'd really rather Jesus didn't do that. (laughs) But there he is. He's up in Tyre, trying not to be seen by anybody. And here's where the Syrophoenician woman comes in. And Matthew is the Canaanite woman, probably, and most likely one of the earliest uh, forms in our text of making a direct race relation. Uh, to a specific individual because people in Jesus' day weren't labeled as Canaanites unless you wanted to be racial about it. But here in Mark is the Syrophoenician woman and the Syrophoenician woman comes up to Jesus and says, please heal my daughter. And immediately, Jesus does not. And in fact, he says, no. These blessings are not for you. These blessings are for the Israelites. Now, that's good Israelite teaching, right? What's the promise of God to Abraham? I will bless you and your whole family, and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so if we follow that logic, Jesus blesses all all the good God-fearing Jews, and they in turn will be blessings to the rest of the world. But Jesus does not bless the Syrophoenician woman directly. That's not the system. That's not how it works. Get in line. And then the Syrophoenician woman does something really kind of out of character. Knowing full well, or at least believing full well, that this person is the Son of God, she says, you're wrong, Jesus. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. I don't think that that sat as well as we read it. I mean, we can read it as a nice, simple question. The Syrophoenician woman says, Oh, but sir, do not the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. But if you've ever been in the emergency department of a hospital where people are carrying their sick children in there and waiting for hours to have them looked upon, you know that it is not in the parent's DNA to be kind and gentle to the person denying their child care. This is not what the Syrophoenician woman does. I mean, read it how they would say it. No, Jesus. We get healed too. The dogs, as you call them, my people, the dogs deserve to eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table at the very least. And I still think, not having children of my own, I think that's playing it very nice from the mouth of the Syrophoenician woman. After Jesus heals this person, is corrected, 
And that's really the only word I can use for what happens there. By the Syrophoenician woman, he travels all the way back down. Except for on his trip south, he does ministry. Then he hangs out doing similar ministry. In fact, mirrored ministry. He feeds 4,000 people this time. He heals entire villages. He walks on water a second time. And then he heads south again into Jerusalem where he takes on a most godlike form on that cross. It's up there in Tyre that I think this very uncomfortable racism that we're dealing with today takes hold. Because whether we like it or not, and I hope we don't, racism is embedded in our society. It's systemic. It's the way where, at least in my life, as a white male, I can stand beside people of different skin tones and of different genders and honestly see on a daily basis how I am treated better and given more opportunity than those who stand on my right and my left. There's no reason that that should ever exist. At the very least, all people eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. Now, we might not travel to Tyre like Jesus did, trying to avoid racism, trying to avoid the way that the entire society buries its head at people who simply don't get it. Why aren't we treating each other right? I do. Why don't the rest of us? Is the comments that I often hear from us. But what we do do is that when our beloved grandfather or grandpa or aunt or uncle or crazy Joe that comes to Christmas every time is spouting off racial slurs or epitaphs against entire classes of society, we don't tend to correct them. We laugh and we try to get along. But that added with when we're standing in line and we see the cashier berate the black man in front of us and we kind of got it inside of ourselves that, you know what, that might not have happened if I was standing there and, hey, I'm white. And we don't say anything. And then we add that on top of every other way that you can see inside yourself how you are treated better than a person next to you, then is there not a Syrophoenician woman staring you in the face day after day, week after week, month after month? (laughs) And if God incarnate can be corrected, why not us? Now this is not easy for me to say. Because honestly, I don't know what to do. What I do know is that there's not a compelling argument I can make that will all of a sudden have us change our behaviors. What has helped me change my behavior and is the only thing that will continue to help me change my behavior is interacting with people from Tyre. Interacting with Syrophoenician women. Interacting with the black community, with the Hispanic community, with every community that is looked down upon in our society. It's only when I have conversations with them that I'm made a better person, and it's only by their correcting, they correcting me, that I begin to understand what I'm doing wrong.
one caveat before the sermon ends. Oftentimes when people talk like this, especially today, it's made into a binary. That is one thing against another. This is not a group of people against police. This is not a group of people against you. This is not a person against a person. This is your God calling you as Christians to be equal, to be right, righteous with one another. The same with one another. If you're not seeing that happen in the world, then we as Christians have work to do. Because the people of Tyre deserve the crumbs, just like we do. May this bread be broken for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Amen.